This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. We're going to continue with Romans chapter 1 today in the podcast and going back to what we went over a little bit in the beginning of this letter the uh, the letter to the church at rome paul has established that he is the author of this letter that he has absolute authority as an apostle one who met jesus in due time as he says and his authority comes from god himself and then he's going to focus his attention more on jesus and what jesus has done for them and for us, talking about the the death and the burial and the resurrection, what Paul calls the good news or what we call the gospel. And then he shifts his focus about how he intends to come to Rome to visit the brethren there so that he can encourage them in the faith and he can be encouraged by them and that he also wants to produce some fruit while he is there in Rome by spreading the message of the gospel or the message of Jesus and the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And then when we get to verse 18, which is where we're going to be at today, starting at, um, Paul takes a drastic turn from being polite and kind and uplifting and encouraging uh, to really just hammering the people and just, just absolutely slamming the sinful nature of people and how we we really have no excuse to not to believe in God and to worship God and, and to follow uh, Christ and accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. And he is going to point all that out uh, and how that it's our fault that we choose not to believe in God. It's not God's fault, even though we as human beings many, many, many times, we blame God for anything and everything that goes on in our lives whether we're Christians or not, whether we're following God or not. There's people in the world who blame God for all the evil that's taking place. If, you know, God, If God existed, this wouldn't happen, this wouldn't be happening, or this wouldn't be happening in my life. He wouldn't let all this evil go on if God existed. You get all this stuff uh, that we're not going to cover in today's podcast because it is what it is. You either, you either believe in God or you don't believe in God, and, and it's not my job is not my position to try to convince you to believe in God. Now, if you listen and and you change your mind and you believe in God, hey, that's awesome. I'm all for it and I support you 100%. If you listen and you grow closer to God, amen, praise the Lord. That's that's what I I, I encourage uh you to do. Um but if you listen and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as as your savior, I that is my hope and my prayer that you will become a follower of Christ and you will live for him on a daily basis because as we're about to see, Paul says, we really don't have any excuse not to believe in God and especially uh, in his son and what he has done for us on the cross and that empty tomb and given us the hope that we have. So let's break down some more of chapter one and we're not going to finish it today either. There'll be another podcast uh, for chapter one. But to get the context and to see this shift uh, that I was just talking about, how Paul's being nice and kind and uplifting and encouraging, then he's going to start slamming the sin of people. To get this context, 
Um, I want to start reading verse 15. Paul says, So I am eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news, the gospel, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus, it tells us how God makes us right in his sight. The gospel, that's the only way that we can be made right in God's sight, to be washed in the blood of Christ. This is accomplished from the start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. All right, so here comes the shift. He says in verse 18, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. Now, did you hear that? I'm going to read, read that one more time. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, so Paul is just absolutely 100% saying, God made this. There's no doubt. There's no question. He spoke everything into being in Genesis 1. And he created it by speaking words. And he created everything that is seen. And Jesus was there. We've established this in other podcasts. God the Father was there. God the Son was there. And God the Holy Spirit was there as well. But I'm not going to take the time to break all that down again. But you can read Genesis 1 and see that. So for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. No excuse. So you can say you don't believe in God. You can say you believe in God. But if you say you don't believe in God, you can come up with all these excuses. You can try to uh, wish him away. You can just ignore him. You can do you know, whatever atheists do, whatever. But that does not change the fact that God exists. Just because you don't believe in him, he still exists. And Jesus still has died for our sins. And we still need his blood washing our sins away. And like I said, it's my prayer as you listen to this podcast. If you don't know Christ, before I even finish this podcast, I pray that you do know him. So ever since the fall of man, we as people have been running after other gods. And that's little g, not big g, God, but other gods gods because we what we do as people is god has placed this void in our life that only he can fill but what we do as people is we try to fill that void with anything and everything the little gods and anything that we put before god becomes an idol so it it could be our kids it could be our jobs it, it could be our spouses it could be anything anything that gets more attention than God does in our lives it it becomes one of these little gods and we're trying to fill the void that only God can fill with these little gods and, and this has been going on uh, since Genesis um, and we see a great example of this in Exodus 32 when Moses was on Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments from God and while he's up there 
the people become so impatient that they ask Aaron to become their leader because they, they didn't know what's happened to Moses. They're tired of waiting on Moses. He's up there and there's a cloud and there's thunder and there's lightning and they're freaking out. And so their leader, they don't know what's happened. They just know he went up the mountain and he hadn't come back yet. So they ask Aaron to become the leader and do something about the situation. And so Aaron comes up with this crazy idea. He tells all the people, he says, give me all your earrings, give me all your jewelry, give me all your gold, and I'm going to melt it down. And, you know, and he tells uh, Moses and God that, hey, you know, just... I just took all their jewelry and threw it in this fire and this little calf, this golden calf came out. It was it's just it's crazy how it happened. No, you you took the gold, you took all the, the jewelry and you melted it down and you formed the calf as what you did, Aaron. Just own up to it. And when they when when he formed that golden calf, the people worshipped the golden calf. It took the place of the one true God. Now, where did they get that idea to worship this golden calf? Well, where did they just come from? They just came out of Egypt. And the Egyptians had a God, little g, they had a God for everything that's under the sun, including the sun. And, and this is why God will use Moses later on uh, to, to, to bring on the plagues of Egypt. And he's challenging their false gods. Because every one of those plagues represents an Egyptian god, little g, the false gods. And God, Jehovah, the one true God, is going to show that he is the only one true God that they should listen to and worship and follow. And so the Hebrew people have been living in Egypt for hundreds of years and they came there because of a famine. And if you remember the story of Joseph, who had the coat of many colors in Genesis 37, he was used by God to save the Hebrew people by making Joseph second in command next to Pharaoh himself. Now, we know that Joseph had to go through a lot of hell to get there, but God had placed him second in command next to Pharaoh, and he was in charge of the food and distributing the food. And he has saved up all this grain and stuff because he was preparing for this famine that come along and 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 he uh, took care of the people who came to Egypt, including his own family. So God put Joseph in that position to take care of the Hebrew people. But after the Pharaoh that was in charge died, a new Pharaoh comes along and he didn't know about Joseph. He didn't care about the Hebrew people. And so he makes them slaves. And he certainly did not care about the God of the Hebrew people. And so he makes the Hebrew people slaves because they they had grown and grown and grown as they stayed there in Egypt because of this famine. They were getting food and taken care of by Joseph. And so this new Pharaoh looks and sees the people and he says, hey, these, this would be a good workforce. And so he makes them slaves. And it was... The Hebrew people living in the Egyptian culture where they would come up with this idea about these false gods and this golden calf. And and here's the thing about um, idol worship. This, this theme continues all through the Old Testament and, and even into the New Testament. Paul dealt with this over and over again from city to city that he went to. They, they made all kinds of... I mean, he got in trouble for... Uh, for uh, preaching against the false gods and the uh, the false idols and the, their little sta- their little statues quit selling and so Paul was affecting their their bank account and so they would run Paul out of the city and try to kill him um, and so 
this really this theme of these false gods and worshiping false gods instead of the one true God, Jehovah God, it runs all throughout the Bible. And um, this this continues all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we can even see how the Jews were so deep in cult worship because their kings in the Old Testament, they set up idols uh, to these these false gods and the people could burn sacrifices to them all over their towns. They even had an Asherah pole set up inside God's temple, the holy temple. In 2 Kings 23, uh, verses 6 through 16, you can read about that. And the way it all started was God made man in his image in Genesis chapter 1 in the Garden of Eden. And God and man had perfect communion. And when sin entered in, when Eve took of that fruit and ate it, and she passed it to Adam, and he ate it, sin entered in, and man was separated from God. And ever since that moment, man has been trying to deny God exists, and they've tried to fill that empty void with these false gods ever since. Whatever they could, they're trying to fill that void that only God can fill. And this is what Paul is referring to. And I want to read it again. He says, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God. See, they know the truth. Everybody knows the truth. But because of their wickedness, because of their sin, they suppress the truth. So they know the truth about God because God has made it obvious to them, Paul says. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. You go out there and you can see the stars. And, and, and these same stars that they've been using for hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of years, they've been studying the stars and they've used them for navigation. We can still use the stars, the same stars, for navigation even today. And people are studying the heavens. We've sent satellites up there and they're taking pictures and sending them back to Earth and all these cool images that we can see on the Internet today. We, we see all this stuff. And you can read Psalm 8. And Psalm 8 was... Uh, if it's a psalm of David, I'm not for sure, but Psalm 8 is talking about the earth and the sky and the spheres and the heavens and everything that God had created way back then. And Paul says, ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Now, I'm living in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and you can leave my driveway and drive for about 30 seconds, and you can see that there's, there's a clearing on, in these trees over a, a particular house, or you can go up onto the parkway, and it's, it's even better. The view's even better, but you can see mountains for days. Now, we know from Genesis 1 that God created all of these mountains for us to marvel at their beauty just by speaking them into existence. And at night, when the sky is pitch black, we can see the stars and the moon and the planets. And with the aid of a telescope, we can see distant galaxies. We see asteroids. We see all kinds of celestial bodies in the heavens. And God created every bit of it by speaking a word in Genesis 1. It's amazing, the power of God. And and like I said, you can choose to believe it or you can choose not to believe it. But it does not change the fact that all of this exists and God created it by the speaking of the word. And it just shows how powerful. Um, in fact, 
I actually have Psalm 8 in my notes. Uh, Psalm 8 says, O Lord, O Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with their glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. Our, O oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. I want to read verses 18 through 20 from Paul again because it's very important. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, way back in Genesis 1, people have seen the earth and the sky. They've been studying this stuff for a long time. Through everything God made, they can clearly see, clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And like I said, you can pretend God doesn't exist because he gives you that choice. But it does not change the fact that he does exist and we can see that he exists because the creation that's all around us proves it. Now, you, you know, like a lot of people do, they credit Mother Nature, they go hug a tree, they save a plant, whatever. But God created everything. And someday, whether you choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or not, you will see God. Yes, you will see God face to face and give an account of your life. And you're going to have to explain to him why you chose to reject him and not believe in him. And I feel if that's you out there listening today, I feel so sorry for you. And I pray that, that, that your heart will change toward God, that your attitude will change toward God, and you will become a believer. But if you do believe and you follow Christ, you know, we're all going to stand before him, and we're all going to bow the knee before him, and we're all going to uh, bow the knee before him and, and confess him as Lord. And say, you know, as, as Lord. But those who do not, do not accept the sacrifice he made for us and that are not washed in his blood, they're going to hear, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I did not have a relationship with you. And you're going to be cast away from God's presence for eternity. Never have a second chance. And nobody wants, nobody wants that for you. We want you to be saved. We want you to be with us in heaven someday and being with God for eternity. So Paul goes on to say in verse 21, he says, Yes, they knew God. But they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. And you know what? This still goes on to this very day. We see it all over the place. People are concerned about saving the planet and going green. Why? Because they worship the creation instead of worshiping the creator. They deny the very existence 
of the Creator, who is God, because they want to live the way they want to. They want to do what they want to do. They don't want to have to think about the consequences of their action. They, they don't want people. They don't want God telling them how to live their lives. They just want to do what they want to do and think that there's no consequences to their actions. And we see this all the time, all over the news, all over social media. If, and here's the thing. If they acknowledge that there's a God in heaven, well, then that would mean then that they, they would be held accountable for their actions and for their choices. And so they don't want that. So it's just easier to say there is no God and I'm going to do whatever I want to do and live the way I want to live. <clears throat> but if, if they would acknowledge there is a God in heaven, then they would have to admit that there is sin and no, they don't want to do that because they don't want to hear the way they're living is sinful. So it's easier to say there is no God. If they do admit there is a God in heaven, then they would have to admit that they couldn't do anything to save themselves and they would need a Savior. But they're not going to do that. It's just easier to reject the one true God and His Son and just say, Jesus is not real. It's a, you know that These people who wrote this book made it all up. And, and it's easier just to, to deal with it that way than to take responsibility for our choices. Because Paul says, we have no excuse. We suppress the truth because of our wickedness. But God has made it obvious that he exists. And see, the only problem with, with people saying that, that God doesn't exist, therefore you know, they're going to do what they want to do, it, it, it's, all, it, it's all a facade. Because like I said just a few minutes ago, when we take our last breath and we take our first breath into eternity, we're going to, we're going to step into the presence of God. And we're going to see him face to face, the very one who created everything that we see here on this earth and we're going to look jesus eyeball to eyeball and call him lord and bow our knee before him and if we're not washing his blood we're going to be rejected and sent away from his presence for eternity but if we are washing his blood he's going to say well done thy good and faithful servant come on in to the joy of the lord and we're going to enter into his presence for eternity no matter how much a person cries, no matter how much a person begs, no matter how much a person pleads with him, if they are not washed in the blood of Jesus Christ when they stand before God, they're, they're not going to have any excuses. They're going to be told to depart. And they're, you know, it's not going to matter. Your tears, your begging, your pleading, it's not going to change the mind of God. Because he's given us plenty opportunities while we're here on earth to accept Jesus. And it's going to be too late. And for the life of me, I, I do not understand why people will not accept Christ and the love that God has for them. That's what people are looking for today. They're looking for love. They're looking for people to, to uh, accept them as they are and to love them as they are. And you know, the only one who's going to do that is God. God takes us just as we as we are, as we were. He He loves us, and He 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 washes us clean and He saves us. People don't do that. 
People put conditions on us. I will love you if you do this. I will love you if you do that. If you'll change this. If you'll change that. If you'll be this way, I will love you. God is not like that. God loves us regardless. Paul says in Romans 8, I believe it is, 28 through 30, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. It doesn't mean we're saved, but it does mean that God loves us just the way we are, and He will accept us just like the father accepted his prodigal son. He was dirty, nasty, smelled like pigs, pig food, dirty, stinky, and he accepted him. He put his arms around him. He put the robe on him. He put the ring, the family ring back on his finger and accepted him just as he was. And so will God do the same thing for you and I. Paul says, yes, they knew God, but they would not worship God. They would not worship him as God or give him thanks. And they begin to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So here's the deal. Paul, Paul makes this clear. That people know God exists, but they make a choice. Yes, we make the choice not to worship God. Nor do people give him thanks, Paul says, because if they did, again, they would have to admit that he exists and they would be held accountable for their choices, their actions, and their sins. But they don't want to do that. So they just say he doesn't exist. And they turn a blind eye toward God. And what did man do instead Instead of worshiping the Creator, God? Paul says they think up foolish ways what God is like, and they made up their own gods, little g, to worship. And we still see this today. Like I said a while ago, people are hugging trees. Certain nationalities won't eat meat because they think it's their ancestor from a past life, because of the, their false religion that they have. Uh, we take sports uh, figures and we make them gods. We make all kinds of things out of idols. Like I said earlier, our spouse, our kids, our jobs, sports, alcohol, drugs, anything, anything that we put before God, it becomes this idol that's trying to fill that void that only God can fill. And, and nothing outside of God, nothing outside of Jesus Christ can save us. Yeah, it might numb it for a little while. It, it, it might feel good for a little bit. But it won't save you. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. So I want to read this one more time what Paul said. He said, yes, they knew God, but they would, they would not worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. We do this all the time. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Well, we see that. We definitely see that in our world today. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. So many people think they're wise, but they're, they're foolish. <coughs> and instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So because man rejected God, Paul says that our minds have become dark. And if you think about it, God is light. Jesus said he's the light of the world. But God is light, and we rejected the light of God. We rejected his light. And since we're now walking around in darkness because we've rejected God and we don't have God in our lives, we're literally walking around in darkness. 
We have no sense of direction and we're confused. I mean, think about as a good example. There's a lot of people who can't drive at night because they lose their sense of direction because they can't they can't see very well and so they, they can't drive at night well the bible makes it clear that without jesus christ without his blood washing our sins away him being the light of the world if we reject the light of christ we are walking in darkness <clears throat> john three nineteen says this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil john 8:12 says then jesus spoke to them again saying i am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life first john 1 6 says if we say that we have fellowship with jesus and yet we walk in the darkness you know if we're not practicing what we preach and believe if we say we have fellowship with jesus and we walk in the darkness we lie and we do not practice the truth. And the fact is, is, there's so many people today that are walking in darkness. Their minds are confused. And they think they are wise when they are actually foolish. And, you know, the truth is, they, they may have some wisdom. And they may try to impart that wisdom, arguing the, the very existence of God and blaming God for everything that's going on in the world today. But in reality, they're not wise. They're They're fools. Why? Because they reject the very creator, the, the, the one true God, and they worship the creation, which cannot do anything for them. The false gods that, that they have made for themselves, they don't even exist except in their minds. And those false gods cannot answer one single prayer. They cannot heal one single hurt. These false gods can do nothing for you. Absolutely nothing because they do not exist. And yet people choose these false gods and they choose to reject the very one true God who absolutely loves them beyond anything and without conditions. They reject the one true God who listens to our prayers and intercedes for us. They reject the one true God who absolutely 100% cares for us. The one who sent his son to die on a cruel cross. Who was an atonement. The atonement for our sin. So that we can now have a relationship with God the Father. Why well, I don't understand why anybody would reject God. But yet... Get on social media, go through your Twitter feed, turn on the news, and or just walk outside your front door and go to the local grocery store or Walmart or wherever, and you'll see it running rampant all over the place that people reject God. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I hope that you do not reject God. I hope that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you have, praise God for you and, and continue to follow Christ. Hey, this world's hard. This life is hard, but it's worth it in the end. And if you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you are sharing the hope of Christ with your friends and your family, your co-workers, your loved ones. And if, if you're scared to share Christ with somebody, share this podcast with them. 
because they will hear all about Jesus if they will listen to the Grind It podcast. And thank you for sharing, and God bless you for doing so. But if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you will contact me. There's a phone number. There's an email at the end of this podcast. You can contact me at either one. And if you're not in my area, let me know, and I will help you find somebody in your area that will point you to Christ and will help you in your walk with Christ. They will answer any question that you have. And you can email me or text me with any question that you have, and I'll be glad to answer those questions. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And we will pick up with the end of Romans chapter 1 in the next podcast. God bless. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.